2: sip on the go with a starbucks iced shaken espresso our signature roast shaken with ice then finished with a splash of milk customize it to match your style on the starbucks app make today a good day
1: at the home depot we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.
3: Hi, this is Glenn Wexler and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast.
4: Is there a library, a bookstore around here where I get books
0: on rock and, rock and roll? Rock and roll.
1: Stories true.
2: Why have you read this Three one? Books you? Share, madam, when you read my this is a story that needs to be told. These rock and roll, something to me. Shh, quiet,
3: please. Welcome to another edition of the Rock and Roll Librarian. This time, live in the studio. Yes, with host Shelly Sorensen.
4: Hello, Christian. Yes, we are in the same room. For
3: the first time in a year, year and a half. And a half. Year yeah. and a half, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice uh, to see you. Nice to see you. Well, we've seen each other. <laughs> right. It would even even during covid i think we saw each other a fair amount
4: sure o- walks o- outside, and outside yeah. and mm-hmm.
3: stuff like that yeah. we, we, you know
4: uh, luckily you live in a beautiful place so y-
3: yes and you were uh, always coming down here to uh uh, take yes, over I have my date, beach.
4: dates with the uh, Christian's wife and dogs. Yes,
3: and uh, yes, and you bring people with you as well. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, no, definitely, it's nice to be back in the studio where we can see each other, sort of, uh, and uh, uh, you know, do this uh, in person as opposed to on Zoom. I think is what we were doing. Wait, didn't you come over once and we did it where you were outside and I was inside, or? No, no, I don't we think tried so. that. We thought we might
4: yeah, give we, that a Yeah, once shot. we did one with Nate Wilcox, and I went into the living room because we, you and oh, I, couldn't be right. in the same room. That's right. Maybe that's what you're that's, remembering. That's that right. was the doors. Book. That's right.
3: That's right. I remember that <laughs> now. So, all right. So, um, wow. Okay, we're back uh, with a new edition, and I believe we're we're gonna do something a little different
4: uh this time right it is different um we're going to cover a book of fiction so usually you know i read biographies and autobiographies mm-hmm. and um and <laughs> i'm sure all you guys know what that is but as the librarian i have to explain you know that a biography is really a factual account of somebody's life and this is not a factual account of somebody's life this is a story um written by Christy Alexander Hallberg, and um, the title is "Searching for Jimmy Page: A Novel."
2: Wow, a yes. novel!
4: A novel. And we've and done a
3: graphic novel before. We with did. A, we did. Do.
4: It wasn't. It was a graphic novel, but it wasn't a novel in the strictest terms. Of- you know, definition right, right. It, was, st- it was just basically their history. Yeah, it was a it was a cartoon of form, Metallica right. in the in comic book form. form. I should say or graphic <laughs> yes, novel. Yes, that was all I could take correct. of Metallica. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, 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 hey,
1: hey, hey! Come on, I'm allowed, I'm allowed to. And they're local heroes parents. here. Come on, okay. San Francisco. So,
4: yes. Um, let me see. So this is a very in, for me. This was a fun book to read because I love mysteries and this is a mystery, mm-hmm. and it's also a coming-of-age story. So it, the protagonist is an 18-year-old girl who is on a pilgrimage to solve the mysteries of her own parentage through a search for Jimmy Page. And he... say is the, what? Yes, uh, he is the... Um, famous guitarist, of course, of Led Zeppelin, that her troubled mother had obsessed over before she committed suicide nine years earlier.
3: In the novel.
4: Yes, in the novel. And it actually, it it springs from the author's longtime fascination with Led Zeppelin that began with the viewing of the concert film The Song Remains the Same when she was a teenager. Mm. So she became a big Led Zeppelin fan. Mm -hmm. And um, also... The book contains many autobiographical elements from her own life, but of course, it's not it's not based on her life. But there's, uh, you know, the fact that she saw that movie, which which the girl in the book also sees. Mm, the and, protagonist. Right, yeah. Right.
3: What and is the What is the protagonist's name? Her
4: name is Luna.
3: Luna Kane.
4: Okay. And that's that's significant because there's a lot in here about owls and the moon and. Um, and the kind of some the mis, the mysteries and the mystique around the moon and luna of course means moon so um yeah so that was yeah, the uh, meaning is that
3: isn't that latin
4: uh luna i think uh, yeah, yeah probably I think I you know spanish yeah. And yeah french yeah, yeah it's probably yeah. from latin um yeah so i really i enjoyed the book um and i thought I am not a Led Zeppelin fan. I do remember. um, Wow!
3: no Metallica and now no Led Zeppelin. Well,
4: I'm not no Led Zeppelin. I'm just not a fan. You know, I never owned any of their records. That's what I consider. Oh, man, I can
3: hear hear the gasps in the audience uh, right now.
4: (laughs) Well, as we were talking what? about before, she you never, didn't really need to buy Led Zeppelin albums because r- they were always on the radio and stuff. <laughs> <Right>. You know. <laughs>
3: yeah, give it a give it another fifteen minutes and "Stairway to Heaven" will play That's on your right. favorite FM rock station.
4: Yep. And um, I do I do remember first hearing about Led Zeppelin when I was about thirteen, you know, hanging out with my then boyfriend, whatever that meant um at the time, and him saying. Oh, I just discovered this new band called Led Zeppelin, and there, it's really fun to listen to the song when when you're stoned. And of course, I'd never been stoned yet, so that was all intriguing.
3: Did they? Did you think that maybe they were literally going to throw stones at you?
4: No, okay. no, just, I, I, I knew. I mean, I knew enough to know what he meant, but I uh, hadn't ever done it yet. Uh, and yeah. so,
3: did you uh, partake in the plant known as cannabis? And listen to the band known as Led Zeppelin.
4: I don't think so. Uh, because now we
3: know why he never became a fan. He
4: didn't have any. <laughs>
3: any Led Zeppelin no, or any, any cannabis? Any weed. <laughs>
4: I probably would have started that day, but I think it took me another year or something mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. get into that. Yeah. All right. Well, I thought well, we could listen to some of a, a very iconic Led, of course they're all iconic, but you know, a very well-known Led Zeppelin song. Yes, their their repertoire the
3: is uh is pretty well known. They were uh rather large yes. uh, in the 1970s, yeah. I'd say. And uh, and their uh their influence is still felt uh today. Uh you know, uh you know, Greta Van Fleet. Uh, that's I think all I need to say and most people would uh would pick up on the fact that uh, wow those guys do uh, they have a lot of led zeppelin in their dna uh huh yeah yeah all right all right so what what uh, what song are well, we going to start with i there?
4: would like to hear whole lot of love because oh, that I don't know may that have one. been the one my boyfriend was talking about <laughs> Probably john is. Brawley.
3: well yeah um i i think he was trying to get you stoned for maybe another reason if he was wanting to play a whole lot of love along with that du. Uh, <laughs> partaking of: Yeah, uh, we were the a little weed. too
4: young for that kind of stuff. I mean, at the time, <laughs> yeah, us yeah. you know, individually, we were just kind of
3: uh, All right, let's get into it. Whole lot of love.) <laughs>
4: The book is set in two two locations. It starts in North Carolina in the woods in nineteen eighty-eight, where um an eighteen-year-old Luna is attending her great grandfather's death. He's passing he's um she and her grandmother are witnessing him pass away, and he lives in this kind of spooky cabin. Um Ooh. and yeah hey, this is
3: great for Halloween.
4: Yeah and so they they sit around you know and wait for him to draw his last breath. Um and during <gasps> this time we learned that decades <sighs> earlier he had tried to save his own wife from breast cancer with faith healing. He was a member of the Pentecostal church and this part is actually autobiographical. I re- I read about this in her artist statement oh, that she grew this- up
3: in the Pentecostal ways.
4: That, yeah, that she heard the story about her great-grandfather. She didn't know him, but she, this story was passed down in their family. Oh. that the great-grandfather had tried to save his wife from breast cancer with with faith healing. Of course, as we know, it it didn't work. Um, and so she died, the great-grandmother. And so he just like escaped from modern life and went to live in his cabin in the woods. Um, and at the time,
0: uh,
3: #hashtag sad hmm? #hashtag sad
4: yes sad yes um and and after that another major thing happened which was that Luna's own mother Claudia um his great granddaughter had committed suicide when Luna was just nine mm. and the great grandfather hadn't spoken at all since his his granddaughter had died so he had been mute. Since his granddaughter died, and oh, so
3: he took a vow of silence.
4: Yeah, and because because they saw her suicide as, as an abomination, so they weren't allowed to speak about her, or you know, yeah, yeah or yeah. grieve really the um, wrong ways.
3: Yeah, perpetuate yeah. perpetuate the family problem. Yeah, like um, more
4: trauma that you haven't healed from. Yeah, um,
3: the only way out of those sort of things is to talk about it.
4: Yeah, yeah, that didn't happen to poor yeah. Luna right before her grandfather passed away, is he decided to talk. And he said, can you hear it? Owls like music. And when he says that, it triggers repressed memories of Claude, of Luna's mother's love of a song about owls crying in the night, the singer's wail primeval in sync with marauding guitar licks like the beat, like jungle drums. Oh, and, I know where we're going Yes, so this is um, her, Claudia, I mean, Luna remembering a song John that Bonham. her mother played constantly, and that was Four Sticks. Uh-huh. And um, she has a, memories of her mother, you know, right there in that room. She, these memories come back of her mother in her bedroom a photo of Jimmy Page at Kizar Stadium on her wall and so Claudia the mother committed suicide and by the Jimmy way if Page, she had
3: pictures of Jimmy Page on her wall from Kizar Stadium that was probably taken by Neil Preston
4: Neil Preston
3: yeah the f- famous rock photographer oh
4: okay. do you know
3: the do you know the famous shot of Robert Plant with the dove on his hand yeah okay that was taken by uh, Neil Preston at oh. Keysar Stadium. Uh, Neil was kind of like their uh, their their personal photographer uh, at that time.
4: I see. Yeah,
3: sorry, I've gotten to know Neil over the years, so oh, good. Uh, yeah, interviewed cool. him a few times and things like that. Yeah, so.
4: this this poster actually kind of has a a place in this story, so that's oh. interesting to know. Yeah,
3: um, interesting. Might need uh, to let Neil know.
4: <laughs> right? Right. That's true. Yeah, right? All right, back to this. S- yeah. Four sticks. So so because of these memories that she has, you know, from her early childhood, her mother and Jimmy Page are intertwined in her mind. Oh. And until her memories were... Like triggered by her great-grandfather's word, she and the rest of her family had wiped Claudia out of their minds and never spoke of her and even closed off her bedroom Mm -hmm. and locked it up. Mm -hmm. Now we are going to listen to the song for sticks, because we need to find, we need to kind of immerse ourselves in the mother's state of mind. Mm -hmm. Got it. All right, let's go owl hunting. And owls and dry rivers and stuff like that. All
3: right, here we go.
2: Four sticks.
4: Seems like a a really good song for uh, somebody like Claudia, who was, um, she was a complicated uh, mother and person. She was a a free spirit. She's kind of like you know has that hippie kind of quality, but she was clearly suffering from mental illness, as we learn, um, because she would do things like you know be be out with her daughter. And having a conversation and then somebody, something would activate her depression mm-hmm. and she would go shut herself in her room and not be available to her daughter. So just having a mother with this mental illness was, you know, traumatic and um, for for Luna and she almost felt like her mother loved Jimmy Page more than she did her. I mean, she was more accessible to Jimmy Page than she even was to Luna her own daughter. Okay. That's um, yeah. A little and, and weird,
3: then, but uh, you know, sometimes uh, we uh, get entrapped by our celebrity desires.
4: Yes, I mean, this was obviously a you know kind of clinical case of of yeah. that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we've all had crushes on celebrities, but um, this was this taking was it to more the next like an obsession, or so, right? Yeah, right, right. obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, at this time, Luna is a senior in high school, and she's saving money for her senior trip. Um, and her uncle, her uncle by marriage, gives her Jimmy Page's soon-to-be-released solo album, Outrider, for a grad graduation gift. So this is 1988, and that's when Jimmy Page's, um, you know, solo album comes out. And uh, she opens the present, and her grandmother and her aunt just get really upset because they associate this album. They associate Jimmy Page with the mother's mental illness and suicide. Um, and they want to, and actually her aunt takes away the album from her, but Luna sneaks into her room and, and like, um Uh, substitutes a different album in there so that she can keep the Outrider album because she's, now her interest is piqued. You know, she wants to find out more about Jimmy Page and the uncle agrees that it's not right to erase Claudia from their lives. That's not good for Luna. Mm -hmm. And the cover of the record album and seeing Jimmy Page on it brings, uh, you know, continues like so these two things her grandfather mentioning the owls in the night and seeing this new album of jimmy page's uh kind of combine uh to uh trigger these memories almost visions of her mom like she starts feeling like she can hear her mother's voice right. talking to mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. and she even speaking of drugs takes mushrooms to see if it will help her connect to her mother. She thinks there's going to be some possibly mystical thing that's going to connect her to her mother. Wow, um, I think
3: that's the plot line to the new Nicole Kidman show <laughs> Nine Perfect Strangers, but go
4: ah, on. Is that right? Okay. So her her friend reminds her that she was born in November 1969, so she would have been conceived in February, and she's the first to suggest that Day might that she's the first to suggest that Paige might be Luna's father. Oh. So, because Claudia, the wait, mother... Wait, wait, what? The The friend is connecting the dots and okay. trying to help Luna figure out, like, who her father might be. And, and, you know, they're just talking and saying, hey, wait a minute, didn't your mom say that she went to a Led Zeppelin concert in February of 1969? So... They they kind of create this fantasy in their heads that there might be a possibility Mm -hmm. that you know they that they had sex and Luna was the you know the the uh, result result of that. Let's just say, yes. Um, So, um, unbeknownst
3: to Mr. Page,
4: yes, exactly, Mm. totally unbeknownst Mm. to him. So she buys all of the Led Zeppelin albums she can find on cassettes and scrutinizes them for any evidence of a love affair between her mom and Jimmy. So this is a quote from the book. Was Thank You a song about eternal love inspired by her? How about What Is and What Should should Never Be or Ramble On? So I thought we could play one of those songs and see if we Mm -hmm. can figure out If they might be about Claudia. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
3: um, Or just listen to them. (laughs) Well, we can't listen to all three of them. You, in the audience, you can go and listen to uh, all three of them. uh, And you should. And in fact, I hope... Uh, you know, these little clips and samples are causing you to go and devour as much Led Zeppelin as uh, you have time available for. So, all right. Uh, so l- I let's... thought we
4: could play. Well, you chose one. Yeah, of those.
3: I, I I'm gonna choose. Uh, what is and what should never be. Okay. That's my favorite of the three. Uh, Ramble on is uh, yeah, that's up there definitely, but that's the obvious choice. Thank you, uh, my least of the three. So, yeah, what is and what shall
0: never be. And if I say to you tomorrow Take my hand, child, come with me, me It's to a castle I will take you well, what's to be, they say, will be Can't the wind see its fin, Sail away, leave the day Way I high in the sky Air And whoa, but the wind won't blow We really shouldn't go we us only to show Say to me tomorrow Oh, what fun
3: it all would be Okay, um, interesting. All three were on Led Zeppelin II, yeah. uh, which was recorded in
4: 1969. There you go. Mm. Well, recorded. But the songs were probably written way before he would have met.
3: No. No, no. Uh, just recently doing a lot of uh, Led Zeppelin research for uh, our uh, latest guitar, uh, latest rock, rock and roll archaeology episode, Guitar Mageddon. Um, no, part of the reason why Led Zeppelin, you know, was uh, notorious for uh, appropriation was just because they they didn't have a bunch of songs sitting around that they literally had to just pull wherever they could especially those first two albums uh and you know they they they, they, they stole if you will um you know stuff yeah. from Willie Willie Dixon and, I know I
4: read about uh, some of that yeah
3: a lot of the that stuff and um you know so they, they they were they were just you know making it up on the fly while they were out uh you know stampeding around the world yeah uh so um uh you know they 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 had to write these songs right then and there and boy I mean, some of these songs are real bangers yeah uh you know uh in in and you know you know most of Led Zeppelin too is you know whether it's appropriated or not, they definitely changed up some things they you know gave it a whole new spin, you know uh you know the the heaviness and all that, which has been talked to death um uh you know to take the the blues, and hence why the name Led Zeppelin came from keith uh, uh keith moon's mouth um but uh. Uh no, they they had to write those songs right then and there, uh, and so it's quite possible all three of those songs were written in 1969, after the February
4: oh, event. Oh, okay. So it's so we're we're building a case. It, it is for possible uh, Claudia being a yeah a sweetie. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's time to get out the red yarn.
4: Yeah, but I have a question. Actually, I just thought of. Do you know? And you probably do. Um. Of the songwriting partners of Robert Plant and Jimmy Page, were. No, never heard of them. Did Jimmy write most of the music and Robert write the lyrics, or was Um, it more like a Lennon-McCartney thing? Because I was curious about that. Yeah. Because if Claudia's mother, if Claudia is looking for like signs in songs that Jimmy Page, you know, loves her or whatever, and Robert Plant wrote the words, then that doesn't quite. Um, jive with me so uh
3: it it, it was a, a a true collaboration mm-hmm. um you know jimmy was definitely in charge of the music uh in the production and let's face it he you know was the most experienced um right uh, and again he had been a session musician, oh yeah yeah for years a lot of, oh uh, yeah. yeah 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 and and john paul jones as well and in fact that is something that we make a point of in guitar mageddon is that you know led zeppelin was um you know the beginnings of these more professionalized acts they they were put together strictly for professional reasons uh and you see that more and more in this in the 70s it's not for blokes who grew up uh, on the block and right. and you know said let's
2: make a band uh <laughs>
3: you know like the more like the beatles but um, um so uh, my understanding I, I know later on Plant definitely wrote More of the lyrics Page more of the music But I, I think it was a little bit More collaborative um, uh, Between the, the two of them and, and, and you know even John Paul Jones Got in the act a little bit uh, There as well uh, Because again he was a pro But you know I'll, I'll check that at the break too Just mm-hmm. to make sure Because that's a, that's a great question of of you know, that that should be answered, especially when it comes to this particular right. situation. Yeah.
4: Well one thing I did read was that there were only like two songs of theirs that Jimmy Page did not have a hand in collaborating on. Right. So he was definitely had his finger in all the pots, pretty much. And the one Yeah,
3: the one one song would probably be No Quarter.
4: Um I don't know about that that's one, a but Paul one of them Jones was song. the one that um that was about uh, Robert Plant's son who died. Uh, and yeah. that wasn't, uh, I don't, and I'm, as I remember, Jimmy Page didn't, that was John Bonham and Robert and Plant. And Plant, yeah, yeah. Because yeah.
3: remember, Bonham and Plant were friends and buddies from the North Country. Uh, they were the two amateurs. Uh, and, uh, you know, John Paul Jones and Jimmy Page were, you know, from the, the London music s- sessions for sur- circuit yeah. for years, yeah. Had their experience.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, as part of... Uh, now I didn't do this as part of my research, but as part of Luna's research, she read Stephen Davis's book about Led Zeppelin Hammer of the Gods.
3: Oh, everybody reads that, yeah.
4: Yeah. So she was really doing research mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. You know, she's being a good librarian. Mm-hmm. And um and uh, so as the from Luna's point of the view point of view, it, it includes descriptions of groupies the occult, drugs, sordid detail after sordid detail, as yep. says, quoted in the book. Yeah, And so mud she shark says, and all that, yeah. So so Luna says, how could he have loved any of them? How could he have loved Claudia, even if they had met, even if they had fucked? <laughs> so she just like, you know, reading Hammer of the Gods just kind of turned her upside down too. Like, well, wait a minute, my mother loved this guy? and and he and this this was all part of his you know life was just you know you know fucking women that he met at concerts and stuff so i read a little bit about some of his um his exploits affairs. yeah yes i
3: believe we talked about that at a dinner party recently yeah
4: the most disturbing one of course is the one that um apparently uh, Lori, Lori Maddox, who was fourteen when they started their relationship, and i I read in two different places, two different articles that she had she um put off his advances, and then eventually his manager kidnapped her and brought her to him.
3: Oh yeah. So that uh, was a I, little I disturbing. That, that was yeah. a little R. Yeah. Kelly ish. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Speaking of someone in the news right now.
3: Yeah, anyway. well I don't think he branded anybody. No, uh, I good. know, but or, or but, trapped them in, you know, a mansion for
4: Yeah, it sounded like once she time immemorial, I mean, her but, quote was once she was there, she Yeah. You know, was pretty taken with him, so. Yeah,
3: a lot of this has been uh brought up and discussed, you know, especially over the last couple of years, um, you know, change of mores uh, and all that. Uh, you know, again totally wrong uh at the time, but Unfortunately, society just accepted it uh, at the time.
4: Yeah. Um, Oh, how cute. No harm, no foul
3: um, at the time. Uh, That would not be allowed today
4: no, um, no we, re- we recognize these girls as children yes <laughs> <laughs> you know and yes they may be playing a dangerous game but you're supposed to not pick up the rope there you know, exactly i agree yeah. you're supposed to turn away and say honey go uh, home to your yeah, mama yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know but whatever yeah i mean it's yeah water under the bridge but it is you know got me thinking about a lot of stuff um okay so another autobiographical part of the book is um, when uh, Claudia was went no. I keep getting Claudia and Luna <laughs> mixed up. When Luna was six, her mother took her to the drive-in to see the movie. The song remains the same. Now that's the same movie that the author saw, but she was a teenager when she saw the movie. Not six. I mean, a six-year-old. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, because I re- I you know I watched part of. Uh, the parts that she's mentioning and um, they're they're just bizarre. So I'll go into that a little oh, bit more.
3: Oh, so have you seen the whole movie?
4: No, I saw the I I found the part that uh, she was talking yeah, about. Yeah, it opens the
3: with these fantasies of yeah. each of the members and Peter Grant, their manager, who you suggested had kidnapped. Um, uh, what was her name? Oh, uh, Lori Maddox. Lori Maddox, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, but yeah, they each have their own little weird fantasy sequences yeah, that yeah. I, I I think it's fair to admit do not hold up very well with no, time.
4: I, I watched the one <laughs> where she talks about, okay, in the book, she says, he looked angelic, ethereal, beautiful, but she was upset by the occult symbolism and the ambiguity of his guitar playing and music. So, you know, then, then she talks about the fantasy sequences um, and when they play Dazed and Confused... Um, there's a scene where he, he starts using the violin bow on the strings <laughs> of his going. Les Paul, and it shifts, the visual shifts to this blustery, moonlit night in the Scottish Highlands where he's, like, crawling up this cliff. I mean, that scene well, takes three minutes. You're just yeah. like, this is so boring. Well, it's it's kind
3: of like the hermit who is on the, I think, inside jacket, if I remember right. Uh <laughs> But but yeah, so it was something from Led Zeppelin Four. They were they were playing off of that imagery, um, uh, for the the movie. I, I yes, I yeah. Never yeah. mind.
4: There was you know yeah a lot of <laughs> it's, kind of mystical it's pretty kind of <laughs> it's stuff. Pretty. And he gets up to the top and he sees his face change from yeah. old to you know, old to young and back up to old again. It's just No, oh, I... It's I, very, I, I, you know... I went
3: was, through all that <laughs> myself when I saw it as a teenager and
2: it was like, oh, there must be deep meaning in this. Yeah, oh, right. it's amazing. <laughs> oh, I must figure this out. Oh, my God, it's just stupid. Oh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> so,
4: <laughs> so, anyway, I thought we could play the part... The of, good part. The, no, the part of Dazed and Confused. Yeah, the good
3: part, the music part. Because actually that is pretty good in the movie. Is.
4: And it's very but it's very long. So Oh yes,
3: um, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, most uh, people don't know Led Zeppelin was I would actually I'd like
4: to play the part where he's using the violin. Oh, we well, we, we will do that's that. the part that she remembers. We we
3: will do that. But okay. my point is that um uh that uh, you know the these these guys were a bit of a jam band. Most people don't know that. They think they came out there and, you know, played their Hits in the row that they did the night before and that they would do the night after, and no, they they really um, explored these songs and uh, tried to stretch out uh, mm-hmm. and stuff, and that that takes a certain level of skill um, that uh, they need to be recognized for. And yes, dazed and confused was one of those songs that they uh, could always stretch out and uh, and do so in the uh, in the uh, the movie. Um, so all right, so you want the live. At MSG nineteen seventy-three. Yep. 1973. yep. Um, seventy-six, uh, I think. No, no, because no, the movie came out. Okay. The movie came out in 76. The movie was held for a long oh,
4: time. Oh, I see. But okay. it's from the
3: yeah. in fact, some of if I remember right, some of the footage is actually from the 71 tour, mm-hmm. uh, if I remember right. So, um, but uh, uh yes yeah, Dazed and Confused, Violin <laughs> <laughs> What about Six. the song?
4: Yeah, I know I'm just going back to the movie <laughs> The film sets off another Come on, he spells. uses a
3: violin bow that's yeah. amazing. But
4: we don't actually see that in the movie. We only hear it. We're watching him no, like climbing we see, a cliff. We, we see a bit
3: a... of him using the bow in the movie.
4: Well, not on this song, I'm just saying
3: well, no, you do in this song okay at this at later on.
4: Okay. I've seen
3: the damn thing a million times, and I know he uses the bow on on uh, Dazed and Confused. Uh, I think they're doing some sort of weird, like, fake LSD feel to it. Yeah, uh, oh sure. You yeah. know, so they're they're kind of, you know, trying to mess with you. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm, right. I'm not easily um, messed with. Yeah. though. All right. I see. Dazed and Confused did not make much of an impression on you.
4: <laughs> no. I... <laughs> It's not that it didn't. It's just I'm talking. I'm just talking about the movie, mm-hmm. um, and how. Strange hey, did you know? It, did you
3: know that that's a cover?
4: Dazed and confused. Yeah. Hmm. No, I I didn't.
3: Originally recorded by the Yardbirds.
4: Oh yeah. Right. Okay. Now who was but in
3: the Yardbirds?
4: Jimmy Page. There you go. That so. I know. But he wrote it. Yes. And all these yeah, people that were uh, like came in and out of the Yardbirds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so you know, of course, after they went to the drive in movie to see this uh play when they got home uh Claudia went off in her room and you know didn't come out for a couple of days. This uh, is these kinds of things triggered her right, yeah, but on the other hand, it was Claudia who brought her um Luna her first journal and told her to write and so it was and she what she says in the book it was the only thing she was good at so she writes in her journal um she writes poetry she writes stories but also after her mother died she started cutting herself Ooh. um you know to like i don't understand too much about cutting but i know it's an obsessive compulsive um, eh. disorder, and it's a traumatic, you know, thing. Yep. What she did was she chronicled her cutting in the journal by putting, you know, like a blood mark every time she did it, and um, and then uh, destroyed um, all of her mother's things that she had after she died, including her memory, so um, this is really, you know, a difficult way to grow up, certainly. I mean, we all know it's it has a big impact on children when they're raised by a mentally ill parent, uh, whether the parent is loving, you know, even if the parent is loving, it's all these, un. you know, it's hard enough being a kid. You're trying to understand the world, right? And then you have a parent who just kind of yeah, like disappears on you, mm-hmm. and you feel like you did something wrong to cause it, and it, it's just so confusing for a child. So I really, I don't know. Encourage
3: uh, mental health, yes, whenever <laughs> possible. Oh
4: yeah, of yeah. Course. I mean, again, and we we live
3: in a different world they today. No, you know, no, I mean, no, that well, family. there was stigma and all the things that go along with it, and then yeah, as we've already um, established, um, you know, the church. Uh, had uh, you know this um, vile take on uh, well, on suicide,
4: suicide is of cardinal sin. Uh, it's, yeah, right? it's, yeah,
3: I'm not not good. So yeah. um, not it's helpful. Just, not not helpful. Exactly. Not helpful
4: at all. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the fun, interesting things we find out about Luna is um, after listening to all of this Led Zeppelin stuff, um, she decided that. Physical Graffiti is her favorite Led Zeppelin album. Mm, maybe that's a good one. because it wasn't her mom's. Oh, so well, that's because uh,
3: it was later.
4: Yes, and it was. Uh, well, when did uh, Physical I, Graffiti
3: came out in seventy five?
4: Okay, um, yeah. So maybe because it wasn't her mom's, because her mom never. Oh well, no, her mom uh, killed her. No, in nine years uh, later, seventy nine so or, yeah, or something. 78, like that. 79, yeah. So um, so these are the songs that uh, she loved um, from that album. Kashmir, Night Flight, and Houses of the Holy resonated with her in ways most of the other songs didn't. Mm-hmm. Claudia had rarely played them. So um, I would like to listen to Houses of the Holy. Because good Because we're pick. saving Kashmir for later. Okay,
3: good pick. Yep, Houses of the Holy is a great song, one of my favorites. Good. All right, here you go. Houses of the Holy. Okay, now that one sounds like a clue. Let me take you to the movie. Let me um, make your garden grow. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I know what's going on in nineteen <laughs> February 1969.
4: Well, actually, speaking of houses, uh, um, so after immersing herself in Jimmy Page, she decided to pool her work and graduation money to fly to London. Oh, no. Remember, she's 18. She's not going to go and try to meet him, is she? She's going to try to find oh, him. Oh, no. She knew he had houses, get it, oh, in no. Kensington and Windsor right. and still owned them because mm-hmm. she had read, you know, magazine articles about right. him. yeah. And she had to find him, find out who she was. Oh, God. So, she devised a plan. Uh-huh. Her friend drives her to the bus station. Which she'll take to Atlanta to board a flight for London. But first, she does this whole ritual where she clears out her great grandfather's cabin, which is the place she had been escaping to and hiding all her Led Zeppelin connected books, albums, and posters. And she burned everything related to Led Zeppelin and Jimmy that she had collected. Oh, including ritual fire. Hmm?
3: Ritual fire. Yes,
4: ritual flat fire and the big fireplace in the great-grandfather's cabin in the woods.
0: Mm.
4: So she burned everything, including a copy of Pamela Miller's book, I'm With the Band. Pamela. I'm saying Pamela Miller because that was her name before she was Pamela Debar. Oh. But she was Pamela Debar when she wrote the book, yes. I'm With the Band. Yes.
3: Pamela- oh, so now
4: wait a minute. That takes
3: place later because- some of the band isn't. Published I know, but until this is 84? 1988. I oh, know. okay. This okay, is okay. the current oh, we moved date to, okay, is okay. 1988.
4: Okay okay, 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 all right. Yeah, all right. Um, so um, hey,
3: I know Pamela. Yes,
4: we know Pamela. I even got to meet her at the yes, you pod. did.
3: Rockin' pod. Yes, Rockin you did. Pod. You got to up, yeah, and I was uh, just at her birthday party a couple weeks ago. That's right. Very so nice.
4: we know Pamela uh, does a podcast. Sweet, on, sweet uh, Pamela. On Pantheon. Yes, she has a wonderful. And I'm podcast. sure she's yeah. talked about Jimmy. Um. <laughs>
3: yes, she, because, um, let's just say she definitely was a girlfriend in 1969 with jimmy page that's right that's right <laughs> so maybe she should start looking for a mom
4: so isn't this isn't this interesting yeah it's kind of interesting how these uh lives are colliding here yeah
3: yes connections upon connections uh yeah. here at the pantheon uh podcast world
4: so this is a quote from the book Uh, about Pamela. She'd written extensively about her fling with Jimmy during the summer of 69. I wondered if she thought he'd written songs for her too. If she still felt the rush of red river tides in her soul, heard phantom owls crying in her head. So yeah, she throws the book into the fire and uh, filled a trash bag with all the cassettes and throws them in the river. So this is definitely a ritual, uh, before she goes off to find Jimmy. Okay, can I to- can I just ask a question? Yes. Just because uh-huh.
3: this is, I'm just curious about this. Mm-hmm. You probably don't have the answer. Um, yeah, this would probably be best asked of Christy. But um, uh, okay, I can understand. Okay, she takes takes all the pieces of Led Zeppelin and puts them in the fire.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, so that makes weird sense but except
4: for the cassettes because they wouldn't burn very well i guess that's why she put them in the river
3: well i don't know they melt but but anyway that's (laughs) semantics so um why pamela's book which she doesn't really have any connection to led zeppelin it's just other than she was definitely a known lover of Mr. Page Mm -hmm. in 1969.
4: Right. I think it was part of her... You know, reading that book was part of oh Luna's to, to learn, learn to, yeah, to gain as Jimmy. much knowledge yeah. about
3: Jimmy, especially at that time. That's right. Um, and yes, you know, Pamley's got a pretty, you know, de- definitive account of you know his time, certainly in L.A. Yes, uh, in 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 that
4: year. So, yeah, that's yeah. then. Of course, I had to go read that part of the <laughs> <Yeah>. book,
3: <laughs> which I think we were talking about at the dinner yeah. party. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. she's a pretty good writer, huh? Oh yeah, she is. Yeah. she is.
4: Yeah. I'm gonna. I I I did go back to the beginning and start reading the whole thing. So I
3: think we should do that book.
4: Yeah, that would be interesting. It would be it? fun. Yeah.
3: And and a little weird. Yeah, a little Because like, I know her now. You I know. know. And, uh, you know, I mean, she was always this thing, you know, this, this, uh, that's a bad word to use. Yeah. But she was this. An uh icon. This, kinda, yeah, yeah, this, this, okay, all these rock stars were really into her. So there must be, she must have some sort of magic. Yeah. You know, right. and.
4: You know, and, and I now look you at, know she's a human being. Well, <laughs> yes,
3: but but at the same time, I know now why she's really fascinating. She yeah. really is. She's very well read. Mm-hmm. Um, she can uh, converse on be. a lot of subjects, uh, and and um, by the way, she has got a great a great sense of music. I mean, her her musical tastes are actually actually I think you guys would get along. A lot better than you think, uh-huh. uh, for her musical tastes uh-huh. uh, out there. So, but um, uh, not that you didn't get along when you were together. or, or
4: No, I, I didn't that, have but, a chance to really uh, no. talk to. her. Yeah, it
3: was a little loud. where yeah, we, we had were a at and table you with a the lot other of people. Of the table. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah and all that. No, she but, seemed uh, quite pleasant. She was being interviewed a lot at Rockin' Pods. So. Of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: All right, all right. So. Um, yeah. Wow. So, so she throws everything into the fire before yeah. she goes on her her quest, her journey, her yes. quest, yes, uh, to find her potential sperm donor.
4: <laughs> right. <laughs> um. One more thing, though, before she leaves on her adventure, uh-huh. she breaks into her mother's locked room. So not only do they have they not talked about this woman at all, oh, they've they they locked the they room a, the, off.
3: The, the shrine thing of everything um, was exactly the same. Yes, as, okay, everything
4: yeah, was yeah, the yeah. same, except for the stuff that had had to be cleared out and removed and destroyed due to blood splatter. Oh. So this was, um, she got, uh, as Luna goes into her mother's room, she's overwhelmed with memories of the day she found her mother with a gun. Ugh. So this is where we find out that Luna was actually a witness to her mother's suicide oh. and not just a witness, but there is some, um, you know, a little bit of a struggle and it is just a super traumatic experience um, for the daughter. And, and so when she goes into her room, um, she puts on the, the song for sticks um, to, to kind of immerse herself in the memories um, of her mother, you know, committing suicide. And she carries, still carries a lot of guilt and trauma about this because she wasn't able to stop her mother, mm. you know, from doing what she did. Yeah. It's um it's not and her there's fault. more about it's that not, you know you uh, you all have to read the book yeah I, of I, course. you yeah. know yeah. it's uh really well told um and uh you know i mean just feel for this girl and mm-hmm. teenager mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um finally, her great adventure begins, and of course, you can imagine an eighteen year old who's uh, you know an innocent um uh, you know, getting to an airport on the, on a Graham bus and, you know, getting to, you know, getting to London. She has plenty of crazy setbacks and, but she perseveres. Um, and her journey, this journey is a big part of the story, you know, how she gets to London and how the people that she meets and the, um, you know, the setbacks she has and the people that help her. So, um,
3: I know where we're going.
4: You do? Oh,
3: let the sun be down upon my face and stars fill my dream. I'm a traveler of both time and
4: space. Oh, that was good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> the The funny thing is she, that the notes she made to take this trip largely came from Hammer of the Gods. So she's doing like a tour. You know, she's yeah. like, <laughs> like planning her trip around this book about mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, I was going to read... Uh, A quote from the book, which is um, that she'd felt fearless planning the trip, like, quote, an intrepid traveler of time and space, Mm. of whom Robert Plant sang in Kashmir. Kashmir.
3: So, you know, uh, Robert Plant definitely wrote the lyrics to this. In fact, if I remember right, he was... uh, uh, in Morocco in uh, the North Africa uh, traveling around and uh, that's where he kind of began the inspiration of writing the the lyrics but he he thinks this is their best song, not stairway to heaven. he thinks this is this is the song that says Led zeppelin more so than any other song and uh, um, uh-huh. I, there's many to choose from uh you know uh the the you know the dark and the light of of, of the guys, the soft and the loud um uh but man it's, that that song is really there's there's a piece of real magic going on with that with
2: that song um
3: you know bow in hand uh to create uh what sounds like a violin the mellotron of John Paul Jones uh in the background a self-contained um all right not a self a, a contained uh, John John Bonham uh there uh just just down on the group, man, God, that song is so good
4: yeah it it really is I, it's very powerful, mm. um, mm. I can see how that would make her feel fearless, you know, can't mm. you like the feeling is is fearless, yeah. right, yeah, while she's planning her her trip, um, but by the time she got to England and checked into her little hotel room, she said. I just felt fear now. Mm, you know, wow. like the lead yeah, now, up now, Yeah, now you, now you have hard. to do the she, thing that you came yeah, to do. Yeah, she was strong. Yeah. She made it there. Now all of a sudden she's like, oh, fuck, yeah. now what? Yeah. Um, what so, am I going to do?
3: Go knock on the door? Yep. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> yep. Yeah.
4: So she sets out to locate the first of Paige's homes that she knows. Headley owns. Tower House. Tower House, okay. Off of Kensington High Street. Uh-huh. A gi- a giant this is a quote, a giant gothic sore thumb in the midst of Queen Anne's. <laughs> now I read a little bit about Tower House, you uh-huh. know, in my favorite place, Wikipedia. <laughs> uh-huh. And um I found out that the architect whose name some Burgess Was obsessed with the Middle Ages and built the house in, or designed the house between 1875 and 1881 in the French Gothic revival style with a medieval interior that includes a hall with astrological signs painted on the ceiling.
3: Hey, I think I have that right down the street, uh, Sam's (laughs) Castle. Oh yeah,
4: that's right. You do have a castle (laughs) here.
3: Literally, folks, I have a castle at the end of my street.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was I was actually just reading about that too. I know. How I, yeah, refurbishing I, was in the, I saw it. it was in the news and they're yeah. refurbishing it. Yeah,
3: I see yeah, the, that's pretty I cool. see the workers up there every day, but uh, yeah, so we have a castle a, on the street.
4: Yeah, I read a little bit <laughs> more about this uh, tower house, and it's a it's a museum piece basically. Mm. I mean, and and Page has kept it going up. I think, and he still owns it. He, oh, and he does. It's got okay. incredible. You know, interior and um, but the interesting thing was I thought that he he bought it from the actor Richard Harris, who um, who owned it for a time, and um, I can't remember like liberace also tried to buy this house <laughs> wow. so this this is was like, a
3: house wanted by yes. the entertainment intelligentsia that's
4: right wanted and haunted oh wanted oh. and haunted see right. how i did that i made a yes. little poem yes very yeah good. so apparently yeah it was supposedly haunted i read that uh, richard harris thought it was haunted by children and oh he used so he to, said i'm out of here he used to buy toys for the ghost children Nice. So it kind of makes you want to go like, okay, Richard Harris, let's find out what you were all about. Okay. So.
3: The original Dumbledore.
4: Yes, that's mm-hmm. right.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a lot of really, really great acting
2: roles. Man,
4: yeah. I know. Boris. Um, okay. all right. So yeah. I've so redeemed, anyway, Jimmy, I've redeemed myself. Jimmy yeah. bought this house from Richard Harris. And so, so Luna, our, our intrepid, you know, protagonist. Yes. Um, sits by and watches the house Mm. to see if somebody comes and goes. And she thinks that she sees Jimmy leaving in a car. Um, But, you know, she's not able to flag him down or she doesn't. Um, But she has written, like, she has these packets that she's made up. She had a letter in the packet. It has an explanation to him of who she is and what she's doing, and photos of Claudia and of herself. So she's trying to Creepy. look for a place Creepy. to give this to him. Eee. Creepy. Yeah. yeah, a little stalkery. Well, it is quite stalkery, actually. You think? Yeah, so she comes back the next day, and she slips the envelope under the gate. Um, and um, now I can't remember why, <laughs> why I... I put down to put this song in a immigrant song because it's kind of spooky, and so she didn't mention immigrant song in the in the book. But I I was I like I, I Wikipedia you know the uh, best like the most famous uh, Led Zeppelin songs are the best Led Zeppelin songs, and I listened to someone, some of them, and I decided this one kind of fit with the tower house kind of feeling. Uh, more than some of the others of course they are they're all a little spooky well it it is
3: their second highest uh rated song on spotify after that stairway to heaven song
4: oh this is the one that goes Ah, sounds like us like a ghost kind of well
3: I, i believe it's supposed to be the sound of the valkyries but We can go with Ghost,
2: maybe?
3: (laughs) Well let's listen to it and see what Okay. On the other side we will we will give our thoughts. (laughs) Here is immigrant song. Of the gods. I love how he says that. <laughs> I believe this is more of uh uh yes, the as I said, the uh the scream of the Valkyries, uh very um Nordic uh imagery. Um ah, you know
4: Appealing to the Dane <laughs> Do you yes. think? <laughs> yes, when I heard this I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah,
3: that's my people.
4: people. Uh, let's go, Bazek. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first house. Okay, yes. then she goes and makes her field trip to the second home, which is in Windsor, oh. and this is the house where John Bonham had died uh, on September twenty fourth, nineteen eighty, of yeah. an alcohol overdose.
3: Yeah, which is uh,
4: wait a minute here—that was just a, that was just a couple of days ago. 1980?
3: No, September 24th.
4: Yeah, yeah. My son's birthday. Yeah. And oh, the quote, I remember the that. Quote,
3: I, had t- I had tickets to the, sh- to the concert, the, oh, the tour. Really? The, yeah, they, they had oh. planned an American tour. They were actually doing uh, rehearsals uh, for that when, oh. yeah, that happened.
4: I know, it's sad. Uh, while Luna is looking at the house, she says, death had invaded that house just like mine and um she sees a young pregnant woman with a strong southern accent emerge who she hears somebody call mrs page <gasps> and luna did not know that jimmy was married though so, i don't know she could have found that out in one of the magazines i guess but you know we didn't have the internet i mean there was no social media <laughs> in those days so no. i guess she wouldn't find out about that um i looked her up this uh the his first wife was uh Patricia Ecker. All right, yes. And they, she was from Louisiana. Really? And they married oh, I didn't in,
3: know she was an American. Yep, oh. she
4: was a Louisianan, uh-huh. and they married in 1986, and the son that she was pregnant with in this book was called James, also, uh, was born in 1988, so that's, um, I guess, Jimmy's second child that he knows about. Um. <laughs> She recalls that Jimmy already has a daughter who is the same age as Luna,
0: mm-hmm.
4: um, that a, a daughter that he had with French model Charlotte Martin, and they were together from 1970 to 1982. And the, the mm-hmm. daughter's name is Scarlett, and she was born the same year as Luna. So Luna says in the book, I could have grown up in the wings of a concert hall Playing tag with Bonzo's two kids, smearing stage makeup all over our faces, sneaking sips of Jack Daniels left unfinished before a show. But another little girl had wandered those corridors instead of me. Mm. I thought that was poignant. Because she, it's like her idea that Jamie Page is her father makes her feel like somebody else stole her life. I mean, that's just. So nowhere to go, you know, um but so you know we feel a lot of sympathy for her, but she still needs to find out, so she's still okay on so her-
3: so she did did she interact with uh uh with uh his first wife no okay,
4: okay, so she just watches this, she's just lurking mm-hmm. basically at this point, except for you know the first house, she put her envelope under the gate. And she goes off kind of disappointed and not knowing what to do next, and she's directed um, to this record store where she can buy a ticket for a show that she finds out Jimmy will be at in a couple of days, which is a guitar competition at Hammersmith Pally. I just remember the Kinks song about the Pally What what which song was that when they sing? It's 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 like how the how the English just totally like mangle the French language, right? (laughs) On purpose? (laughs) Yeah. I mean it's a Hammersmith palais. But they say palais. Palais. Yeah. So anyway. So she finds out that pa- that Jimmy Page will be judging a guitar contest at the Hammersmith Palais in a couple of days when she's still going to be in England. And the other two people that are going to be judges are Brian May of Queen yeah. and Pete Shelley of the Buzz- Buzzcocks. Wow. I- I'm assuming this happened, actually happened, but that's one fact I didn't check up on. But I'm
3: I, I have a that feeling a that's, that's, that's a little, that's a uh, look. The Brian May, that makes sense to, you know, uh, fictionally put in uh, the same room with Jimmy Page. But Pete Shelley of the Buzzcocks, come on. That's (laughs) out in left field. That's got to be true.
4: Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's true. (laughs) And she knows that, you know, first of all, she has a ticket to go home in a few days. And also that Jimmy's about to go out of town to tour his new album, Outrider which was the you know the album yeah, yeah, that the, her yeah. uncle had yeah. given mm-hmm, her mm-hmm. Um, which started off this whole thing and she she also knows that the album is going to be released at the same time as Plants as Robert Plants album Now and Zen What yeah. a cute name for an album Hey
3: that's a pretty good album And they were each on you know each a other's better, albums a better album than So Judy Page's I thought album.
4: Uh, from the album Outrider we could hear the song Wasting My Time which is a song that plant is singing on and um, see uh, what was on that album outrider that uh, sparked off this, this whole journey of Luna's.
3: Oh, this of wasting my time,
4: wasting my time.
3: Hmm. Sounds like the end result of this whole thing. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: all right okay i kid i kid no, i of, of, of luna's journey, journey. Yeah. yes <clears throat> a waste of time
4: is my point yes no, wasting because she finds out the truth
3: wasting my time I know Robert no. Ah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so actually, okay, wait a minute. It, to me, it sounds like Sammy Hagar. Yeah. But it, I know it's not quite Sammy Hagar, but it has that sort of Sammy esque phrasing. Uh, okay, who is it?
4: Somebody named John Miles.
3: John Miles.
4: Born John Arrington. Okay. Oh, okay. So okay. that doesn't mean anything. Miles to me of
3: Isles. Uh, John Miles. No, yeah. um, uh, I'm not. Familiar. Clearly, I don't know my Robert
4: I... plant. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, that's definitely right. that's definitely not rubber plant. Uh, uh, same I mean,
4: kind of like high screechy voice. <laughs> uh, well,
3: you know, hey, you know what, you know what? Uh, let's let's talk about that, yeah. because um, you know, Mr. Plant, uh, who uh, by the way was a huge, huge fan of Janis Joplin. That's where he took his inspiration yeah, from.
4: Yeah, okay.
3: And, you. you know, he changed the whole game in, you know, male singing by trying to sound like a female mm, by that, mm-hmm. you know, very high side. Of course, he destroyed his voice in the process of doing it
4: because
2: he can't hit those notes these days. No.
3: Um. And although, hey, look. It's I, not I,
4: really I, necessary no, to hit
3: those and,
2: notes. No, and I
3: saw <laughs> I, I saw a plant not too long ago, a couple yeah, about four or five years ago, uh, Bottle Rock. And he was fucking great. Um, Yeah. You know, without.
4: But you got to save those notes anyway for something important. Yeah. But man, could that guy fucking wail? Yeah.
3: I mean, he just and he changed the game. He really did. He he changed the game, and he had a million imitators. Is my point. Right. You know. Um. You know, without Plant, you you don't get uh, Coverdale. You know. Uh. You you don't get. um. Well, what's his name? Brian Miles. <laughs> don't
4: get that. Wait, what? Robert, he, wait,
3: what you you don't get any of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh You know, he just he created this uh, this Our this John. new sort of uh, over the top high end. Um, you know, um, uh, that uh, that just became a, a big deal, especially in the '80s. Boy, yeah. you know, it was on the hard rock side of things. You know, you just had to. Now, uh that being said. You know, there's a, there's there's a, a good uh, musical reasoning for that is frequency wise. You know, by sitting on top of those screeching guitars, um, it, it kind of works. Yeah, it, it works really well. Yeah. And, um, He's in
4: a place where the other instruments yeah, aren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So he found a spot which was really nice, and you know, uh, I mean, I have nothing bad to say about Rubber Plant. That guy. Mm is literally a fucking golden God uh, <laughs> and deserves every accolade uh, to this day. Uh, I mean, he's still out doing really good work. I mean, he just came out with a new album with Alison Krauss, uh, right. another album with Alison Krauss. Yeah.
4: oh, wow. You know,
3: and I, that guy really, I mean, he gets it. He really, he got it. He, I, he, to the point where he, I think if I remember right, he moved to Nashville for a while and, mm-hmm. you know, immersed himself in all that, uh, uh, you know, those muddy waters and uh that, uh, and I, I don't mean muddy water, I mean those muddy waters of where the blues really, you know, originated. I <laughs> yeah. mean, that, that guy put, put, put the time and effort in, too, especially
0: after Oh, yeah. So, I mean,
4: he's certainly interested in blues. I yeah. mean, that's the basis of yeah. his... Yeah, and,
3: and, and, and all props to the other, the other three guys, too. I mean, Jimmy is Jimmy, and everybody knows what an incredible uh, songwriter, uh, producing genius uh, the guy was, uh, the ability to layer guitars like he did. Just just really just, again, change the game. Uh, Bonzo with this, 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 this domination of the kit and playing just a little behind the beat, Mm -hmm. which causes you to make this feel differently. And, you know, John Paul Jones, who was just a multi-instrumentalist and uh, really rounded out uh, some of the weaknesses that um, would have um, been obvious in that format you know, a a very, very heavy blues band, uh, without his uh subtleties that are uh are played in there. So, you know, it it's 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 a magic band. And they knew it right away. They knew it from the moment they walked in to a rehearsal studio, uh within, you know, a song. They uh-huh. were like, Holy shit, we got we got something. It's a good something combo. Yeah. Good combo. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um yeah, that's uh, that song is definitely, you know, like we were talking about, not up to the Led Zeppelin. You know, it doesn't have that... Uh, the drum, the driving drum. Yeah,
3: I mean, are uh, you not missing Bonzo yeah. on, that, on mm-hmm. that song? I mean, yeah. it just...
4: I, I didn't realize it until I started listening to it again. Like, oh, yeah, there is something missing here.
3: Yeah, I mean, when people, you know, the people talk about, you know, Bonzo is like the greatest drum of all time. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, there are a couple others I'd put up there. Um, you know, obviously, Neil Peart uh, is, is in the conversation. I think Bill Bruford uh, belongs in the conversation. Um, and, and there are several others that, that, that belong in that conversation, but definitely John Bonnet belongs in that conversation. There's no two ways about it.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's a pity we're going to get to, um, his, uh, his death.
3: Well, I think we already got to his death. <laughs> yeah, I know, but what,
4: okay. So, um, Luna finds a, a ticket. To this guitar competition at a record store, and buys a VA, VIP access ticket, hoping that she'll be able get to get backstage and her, meet him,
3: her baby, her baby, baby her dad, baby daddy.
4: Baby daddy. Yeah. Right. But while you know the the, the concert isn't for a, a couple of days, so she plans a couple of field trips, and the first one she takes to visit uh, Rushuk where bon- Bonham was buried, um. and um, apparently, like, she ta- has to take the train there, because <clears throat> it's far, you know, far from London, and and she meets a kindly female taxi driver who helps her get to the, like, she, she loses her money. I mean, all this horrible stuff happens to her. You know, you're just like, oh my god, she's such a baby, and she goes traveling across, you know, the ocean to mm-hmm. London, and she's on her own, and all these bad things happen to her, but she, you know, she finds uh, a woman, a taxi driver, who takes her there and, you know, recalls, like, she knows, like, oh, yeah, pilgrim, you know, pilgrims come to John Bonham's grave uh, quite frequently, so she knows exactly where she's going, and it really affects um, Luna. She sits at his grave and weeps over a waste of waste his life had been, dead, dead so young just like her mother. Yeah,
3: he was. I think thirty two, if I yeah. remember right. So.
4: And uh, one thing that's interesting that she does though, before she leaves the grave, is she takes a bottle of whiskey that somebody had put there, to, you know, to, you know, as an homage to Bonham, um, and you know how people put flowers on the graves and yeah. stuff. People have brought bottles of booze, so she decides to steal one of Weird, the Weird, because
3: that's literally what killed him.
4: Right. I know, but she's eighteen. Yeah, what can you do? And next, she uh, goes to Headley Grange, which oh, is yes. southwest of London, where Surrey Led Zeppelin in Surrey. recorded their fourth album. Mm-hmm. And uh, her friends, her newfound friends that she meets at the hotel she's staying at, uh, drives her up there, and um, she climbs over the fence and knocks on the door. Um, And she is actually allowed inside because the person that actually lives there right now is the son of the woman who rented the house to Led Zeppelin for their recording sessions. So he knows, you know, all the history of the house. Mm -hmm. And when he opens the door and she's, you know, stuttering and, you know, trying to explain why she's there... He understands the significance of the house and shows her around. And he says, you've come to see the staircase, the holy grail of Led Zeppelin sights.
3: (laughs) That's where they set up the drums. Right. right.
4: And he shows her into the foyer and he says, she said, the stairway was to my right, a brutish dark wood structure angling upward for three stories, holding court in a captive house. I could see all the way to the top landing. Where light poured in through the windows Like the resplendent glow of paradise Ooh. And this is Yes The Stairway And of course We have to listen <laughs> To Stairway to Heaven yeah. Right now
3: okay, okay Okay Fine As if I haven't heard it enough in my fucking life <laughs> <sighs> Let us listen Let us. You know and, and the, the problem is Look It's a great song there's no two ways about it there. I I would not um, agree to that at any time. But to play only a little piece of it, that doesn't...
4: I know. It's, it's going to be... It's hard it's to decide. It's the whole
3: song. And it is. I mean, it's a build. And it's a beautiful build. Yeah. And, um, you know, lyrically, we might have some discussions on, you know how mature or immature it might be but i don't know it doesn't matter does it matter does it really matter no um not
4: to me because i don't pay attention to lyrics anyway yeah Yeah.
3: but there's a lady who knows there is (laughs) is, all right let's listen to stairway to heaven at least a little So there's no way <laughs> there's no way you can get a full flavor of Stairway to Heaven. So we're just gonna bed part of it underneath of us talking here. So what what uh, I guess let, let me just ask you a question. Were you a fan of this song or do you I mean obviously it was it was ubiquitous. It was everywhere on, yeah. on, on FM radio. What yeah, what, sure. what were your memories of All the
2: song? This
4: I remember liking it I mean you know the whole the way it is very gentle mm-hmm. and then it it just explodes yeah. that's really exciting mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah I mean yeah I don't remember it being super important in my life but you know I always liked it I mean but like you said you hear it a lot you know ele- you know it's turned into elevator music almost um, and you know it's uh yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's all I remember about it. I don't remember anything specifically about, you know, the first time I heard it or anything like that. Yeah.
3: I like that it's um uh, number one, it's an, an, an interesting mythical type of story. I mean let's face it, um you know, um, page and plant where you know, their their subject matters were the mythical you know, they literally wrote songs with Tolkien uh, imagery to it. and yeah. uh, even called out Gollum it in is, Ramble on, right, uh, right. and you know, the misty mountains, uh, you know, so, so they, 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 they digested a lot of this mythical, fantastical, um, elements, uh, to it. And, and you feel that in, in Stairway to Heaven, uh, and, but it's not derivative of, you know, another uh, piece of art of which they've been, you know, uh, uh fingers been pointed at of them doing exactly that and that's not the case in the stairway to heaven it's uh, it's it's an original piece uh, there's no yeah. two ways about it and it's um uh it it, it just it just builds and grows and it, you know it, it, uh, it's just it's 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 like um it's meat and potatoes i mean it, it, you know in rock and roll you know it, it, you know if i if i had to say okay <clears throat> here's five songs that you need to know to understand and rock and roll. Um, you know, obviously, there's going to be an Elvis song, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's going to be the Beatles, right? Uh, definitely, there's going to be a Bob Dylan song in yeah. there. We can we can argue about. There's two more. Rolling stones. Mm, yeah, give me shelter. I might throw in there, but but there may be a couple of others. Uh, you know, my generation uh, from the Who, especially yeah. at that time. Um, you know, uh, but Stairway Heaven is probably in that top five. Yeah. Just to kind of say, here is, you know, if an alien showed up and said, "Okay, give me five songs, get mean something about rock and roll, so I can take it back to my leaders," I'd say, you know, Stairway to Heaven belongs in that <laughs> case. What's
4: that? was my bad alien voice. To be an imitation of an alien. <laughs>
3: i didn't know where to go i just picked something in fact i didn't even pick it with subconscious anyway it's um i i agree with plant cashmere is definitely um you know the song if you're gonna say led zeppelin but if you're gonna say rock and roll stairway to heaven is either one of them my favorite zeppelin song no um right. you know i i would there's a few others that i i would pick but uh uh anyway it's um it's it's kind of fun and cool
4: yeah it, yeah it um it is and it's it's i mean it was really interesting to me to read about how they had used this house and this you know unconventional recording um space yeah you know to to make these songs, and the man that lived in the house that was showing Luna around told her how the band had strung microphones from the banisters to catch capture the acoustics mm-hmm. and um and also she was pretty astonished to learn that the the song that her mother had played over and over again four sticks was also recorded in that very same room. And so, yeah, pretty much,
3: pretty much all of Led Zeppelin 4 was. She's mm-hmm.
4: she's really touched by that, you know, like be, by being in, in the, room, the room where the, song where was, the music yeah. was recorded that touched her mother's life in mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. that it had, even if it was, you know, um, not that helpful to her mother in right. the long run. Right, but right. still, you know, this was something she really associated with her mom. Mm. So um, she... Um, she thinks about her mother while she's standing there and she wonders whether her mother had ever been there. So she's kind of going further in her fantasy because what all that she knows is that her mother went to a Led Zeppelin concert in North Carolina, supposedly, in 1969. I mean, she was never told that her mother went to England or anything like that. So she's just kind of getting uh, a little bit... uh, kind of far afield here. Um, But a quote from the book is, was she here? Was she the lady bathed in white light, singing in the bedroom where Jimmy had slept? So, you know, she's getting uh, pretty fantastical here. Um, But, you know, finally, the time has come for her to go to the Hammersmith Pally and see if she can, you know, kind of get Jimmy's attention. And like you were saying, the fact that can I can I just bring up a point? Sure.
3: Led Zeppelin never played North Carolina. in 1969. Well, that's a good point, dear. <laughs> and we'll just
4: keep that for the end of the mystery here. Okay. okay. You're 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 googling. Luna didn't have an option to do that. <laughs> she didn't have Wikipedia. She didn't have Google. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. So this is this she's is just, pre-internet. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Okay so but you know you were talking about uh, the about buzz cox uh you know this 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 competition where you have these um yeah the kind guitar of different uh... types of musicians there to mm-hmm. judge a guitar so so there's a really great description of her going to you know standing in line and all the different people like there's housewives and then there's grungy groupies and there's you know all these people that are there to see their sons, daughters, grandsons, you know, idols, whatever um and sh- she meets you know a couple that are there seeing their nephew play and they're just all you know stodgy and middle class and she also see has these conversations with these groupies who are trying to elbow, elbow her out of the way to uh, get closer to the stars. But she does see him finally up close. She sees Jimmy's page up close, and she sees that even though her mother kind of saw him as a god and how they were, you know, portrayed in, in, you know, while Led Zeppelin was a band, she sees, because this is 1988, that he's just a, a person, you know he's he's got thinning hair he's wearing glasses so he can look at the you know he can write in the you know like write notes and stuff like that um and so she you know she feels like that makes him more accessible and after as he's leaving she chases after him as he's going to his car and she shoves the letter into his hands and this is like her last day in England so she has to She has, like, 24 hours to see if he's going to respond to her letter Mm. before she has to go home. Because she's provided her hotel address and her phone number. And finally, later on in the next day, she does get an answer to her letter. No. Yes. And I think that I shall leave it there as a cliffhanger. What?! Yes, I. But want to know. Y'all have to read the dang book to find out what happens, and I suggest you do. Oh so. man,
3: I am now. I'm actually intrigued.
4: Yes, and it, it's a quick read, so you will be able to find out. Uh, you read the book, "Searching for Jimmy Page" by Leaving Christine us with a cliffhanger. Alexander Paulberg. Now, when I was a librarian, I was a children's librarian for quite a while. And I I was supposed to make up book talks like go into the schools you know and and talk about a book but leave it so that the kids would want to go read it cuz you can't tell everything about a book or the, you know it's kind of like well I don't need to read you that You can't now. tell
3: a book by its cover?
4: Mhm.
3: You can't tell a book by
4: its cover? No, you have to have a little bit though I do I do judge books by their cover. No. <laughs> this one has a really good cover. There's a guitar uh and a like a broken guitar string kind of curling around and mm. yeah. I hope that's what the the this was an advanced copy that I
3: anyway read. well your point with the children.
4: My point would be that I wasn't very good at book talks. <laughs> can believe that. So because I would tell too much. Uh-huh. Okay. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna make this mistake here. Okay. And I'm going Got to it. leave it uh-huh. there. And then there is also a coda. Which wraps the story up and brings it up into the present time, which I'm also not going to tell you about because it's- Wait a minute. Very interesting.
3: mm, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Now I'm at a loss. I mean, most of the time, you know, we talk about these biographies or autobiographies. Yeah, and, and you
4: know if the person lived or died, uh, Yeah,
3: I know the story. What you they're know. doing now yeah. and all that. Yeah. No. Oh, man, now I'm going to have to read the book. I'm going to
4: tease you. Fine. I'm going to tease you, Fine. but, you know, I think you... Hey, I'm going as, on
3: vacation next week. This sounds like good summer reading. Yeah, you can borrow Beach my reading. copy. Yes, As you,
4: as you, I mean, I'll give you a clue. Mm-hmm. As you, <laughs> as you already noticed, Jimmy, Led Zeppelin was not in... North, North Carolina, Carolina. Carolina in 1969. <laughs> in, in, in February of 1969. So, yeah. you know, not too much of a cliffhanger. Mm, yeah. well, but um, I'm going to say that uh, this was really a good book for me because, um, like I said, I love mysteries, and I lo- also love coming-of-age stories. Yeah. I love stories that have teenagers in mm-hmm. them for some reason because, you know, so much happens. There's so much not known. There's so much... Experimentation there's you know, and there's um I don't know, for some reason, I've always been attracted to books about teenagers, so um and she uses um Luna's uh kind of uh, i guess hobby or need to be a writer in the book because it's kind of interspersed with little like pieces of poetry and storytelling that Luna, you're kind of like on your, on the edge, not knowing, like, did this really happen or is this something she's just imagining? So there's, there's a lot of mystery on a lot of different layers, you know, on a lot of different levels. Um, And so that, you know, that part really kept me going. Like I said, even though I'm not a big Led Zeppelin fan you don't really need to be, and you know it intrigued me to go and and listen to the songs that were mentioned in the book and to read more about Led Zeppelin. But um, I think for fans of Led Zeppelin, this would be really fun to read because you will get the innuendo and the lyrics and the yeah. you know mentions of songs and mm-hmm. go, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I see how she would have like Kashmir, like oh of course, Kashmir is the story of the intrepid traveler, right? You know. Right. So um, yeah, I didn't know that while I was reading it, yeah. reading the book. So
3: that's great. That's yeah. fantastic. Well, I'm glad we got a good one, yeah. especially for our first novel. I know. Um, that's that's great. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you you highly recommend it. That's good uh, to know. So folks, uh, go out there. Uh grab the book. The book's title again is Search,
4: Searching for Jimmy Page.
3: Searching for Jimmy Page.
4: By Christy Alexander Hallberg.
3: Great. All right. Well, um, let us sign off, obviously, with a song by oh, I don't know, Led Zeppelin.
4: <laughs> That's a strange. Strange choice. Yes. I was uh I chose Black Dog because um you know, of course, since I'm not a big fan, I was uh, looking around uh, to see which which songs were, you know, considered their best songs. And this was one of them. And mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. So I thought we would uh, end with this one.
3: I think that's a great choice uh, from Led Zeppelin IV, the opening track of the album. Ladies and gentlemen, we will see you soon. Uh, and we will see the Rock and Roll Librarian soon. Uh, hey, do you have something up next?
4: Well, I'm very excited to start reading a biography of John Hyatt. I don't know. A lot of people don't know John Hyatt, but my husband and I are huge fans. And he has a long history with people like Nick Lowe and Ry Cooter. And, oh, um, lots of Bonnie people you Raitt love. Sang, yeah. you know, covered yeah. one of his songs, and that kind of catapulted her to fame. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm very interested in... Uh, and we're actually, we're going to see him um, in a couple of weeks in Napa.
3: Oh, great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, John Hyatt's up and coming. Yeah. Okay. We're going to leave you all now, and here's Black Dog.
0: Bye. Hey, hey, mama said the way you move gonna make you sweat, gonna make you groove.
1: Librarian, produced and hosted by Christian Swain, co-host Shelly Sorensen, all sound design and incidental music by Jerry Danielson, all quotes performed by actors unless noted. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology.
2: At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's
0: get you taken care of.
1: At the Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right.